Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, a podcast coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 17, the Punchboarders talk about recent plays, head over to Clef's for a Kickstarter corner, and review Lowland. Hi, everybody. I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. Now I'm Richie. Uh, Clef, I think you misspoke there. You said uh, honest and fair reviews, I think you said. I don't, I don't yep, know. After your, I would agree. After That's your, honest. <laughs> after your root rating, <laughs> I think that that might be a question. I, I'm standing by it. It's That is my rating for the game. If I gave it a rating on the actual game itself, all right, then it's... I don't know, three or four, but I'm giving the rating for me, and that's a one. Okay. <laughs> Fair I, enough. I hope All because I, you're a terrible trash panda. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I do. I call him that sometimes, terrible trash panda. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the same thing with Gloomhaven for me. It's just Gloomhaven, I can see where it's an excellent game, and people enjoy it, but it's just not for me. I just, I'm not a dungeon crawl kind of guy. I don't like D&D. I don't like, you know, those type of things, so... It just is that's the way it is for me. And that's fair. That's fair. Everybody, hopefully, by this time, if they've been listening or maybe they go back and listen, they can tell, you know, what we like. You like midway, middle of the road Euros, and you don't like war games. You don't like those kind of things. You like, you know, a variety of things, Richie. You you like trick takers, for example. That's something you're smitten right. with. You know, it, it's kind of, oh, oh, oh. I just thought, I just remember this. I'm sorry to interrupt myself, but I, <laughs> listen, I, I just apologized to myself, yes, by the way. That's yeah, why he's you not guys good at war that. games. He right. just apologized for interrupting himself. That's right. Okay, but listen up. Richie, I, I, I know you'll appreciate this. I met somebody, I think he's like 70s or 80s. I don't know why I was talking to him about this, but he plays Euchre. Oh, nice. yes. yes. Pl- Listen to this. He plays Euchre. And I was telling him, I was like, I got this friend who plays Euchre. He's really embarrassing. And like, he does, have, you, have you ever heard wow. the we're in the barn thing? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, my friend, like exactly. he, he did that and he wanted people to milk his thumbs. And he's like, well, we're, when we play, we're not that corny, but <laughs> he's never really played them. That's, that's what that means. He said, he said, sometimes when they get really crazy, when they get to point eight, he's like, we're in the North 40. So, so, so I guess that, I guess that, I mean, there's nobody else getting as crazy as Richie with the milking thumbs, but they do get excited about being in the barn in Euchre. I was so. about to tell you to give me that guy's number, but uh, he's not play. milking thumbs. He plays. They play at the. He's c- out. <laughs> he's, he's done. He's out. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, you know, they play at the local cigar shop, so. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe if you buy him a couple of drinks, he'll milk your thumbs. <laughs> maybe, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, well, I'm pretty excited. Month of October, lots of games coming for me from Kickstarter. And SN Hotness. Yeah, that too. <laughs> no, seriously, there is uh, there's some good stuff coming out at Essen. I'm pretty excited about that. I've got some great Kickstarter games coming. It's it's going to be a good month for games. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. The Essen part depresses me, just seeing all the pictures that are going to go up on Instagram and Facebook. <sighs> and we got just our, you know, 400 and some odd games that we have to sit here and stare at that aren't new. <laughs> That is true. It is hard, but it's still exciting knowing that those are coming out and finding new stuff that you're, you know, you hadn't heard about. So uh, I'm up for it all. I'm I'm excited. October is a is a good 
is a good month for gaming. Yeah, absolutely. So we all got to play of Medici in here recently, and that was a fun little light auction game. Yeah, they're Canizia. It was good. It wasn't uh, wasn't good enough for you guys to remember it on the uh, the last Linky game we played, but. It was a really, it was an enjoyable game. I think Chad's going to hold that one over us for a while. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> they did so bad. <laughs> he makes those clues so complicated. <laughs> uh, hey, well, I, got, I got two of them. I got two of them. All right. <laughs> well, uh, the only thing, and this was a beautiful production, I thought, but poo on Grail Games for that score tracker. Oh, my gosh. Light oh, blue on dark yeah. blue numbers. Holy cow. You can't see that thing for, for anything. You cannot read those numbers. And it is just a total... Total fail at that point. Yeah, that was bad. But otherwise, the game was solid. I mean, fun little game where you're just uh, flipping over some cards, and then you get a chance to auction them, and you're putting them on your ship. And then whoever basically, and the cards have numbers from zero to five on them. And at the end, when everybody's ship gets filled up, and there's three rounds of doing this, you add up how many points are on the ships. Whoever has the most gets a certain number of points. Whoever has the second most gets a certain number and so on. And then each good you go through and, and add up whoever has the most of each good. And then you get a certain number of points for those. And, you know, probably took us, I don't know, 45 minutes with learning the rules. I mean, right. solid little auction game. And that was even with me basically rereading the rule book because I had forgotten exactly how to play. So it's a good little filler. Yeah. Kenichi auctions. I haven't found one I don't like yet. And I think if I remember right, me and you tied, didn't we? We did. We and did have a, no an tie absolute tie. Shared victory. It was a good old shared victory. Way to go, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Anything else you guys have been playing here lately? Well, Richie and I, when you couldn't make it, you're going to that Metallica concert or whatever. We got in a play of Castell, actually. And I think Richie Richie and I were both really pretty excited about it. The first time we played it, it's a little wonky because those rules for breaking the rules, essentially, with how you can build your human pyramid. from it's a, It's a game from Renegade Games, and you're basically tiling because you're moving around the board. And the theme is you are building human pyramids. This is a thing that happens in Spain, I believe. And <clears throat> you're you're building human pyramids and you're basically tiling and you're stacking people on top of people and trying to make different shapes of, of human pyramids and that kind of thing. And you have little abilities that you can get to break the rules and that sort of thing. So the first time we played it, and Richie wasn't in on this play. The first time we played it, the rules were a bit wonky on how certain abilities break the rules. And so you got to go in kind of playing through that once and just figuring it out because it can get a little bit tricky. But other than that, we really liked it. We both realized that we were pretty bad at it, but we definitely Terrible. realized, yeah, <laughs> we definitely realized uh, that we had to keep her on our hands. So. And then I played it, I went home uh, the next night and I played it with Jessica, and I, I also did terrible then. <laughs> but And she actually enjoyed it a lot too, so it's, it's a good little game. And then we watched the videos of people really doing it, and that it's insane. I mean, they do put children up there. Right. And then they just all fall. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> uh, you ever notice a theme when Richie talks about playing games with Jessica? I did really terrible. I did really terrible. I did really terrible. <laughs> I'm a good teacher. So, <laughs> I'm a very good okay, teacher. That's right. Hashtag good teacher. I'm bad at some games. Uh, my friend Brian came over the other day, and he said, hey, I really want to play that game with the meeples that you first taught me. It was the first meeple game you taught me. And I looked at him, and I was like, what are you talking about? 
you know, come on. It was the first Meeple game you taught me. The first time you, and I was like, I, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And he starts looking through my collection and finally he finds it and pulls it out. It's five tribes. I'm like, oh, okay. And he goes, yeah, it's the first time you ever taught me a game and you said the word Meeple. And I was like, what's a Meeple? And I was like, well, it's these little, uh, I don't know, little pieces that you have. So that's what he considered to be the first Meeple game I ever taught him. And I thought, you know what? I have not played five tribes in forever. We pulled it out. We got, we had both expansions. We had the, oh boy, I'm going to be bad on the names of them, but the Artisans of Nakala. Ding, ding, ding. And the Sultan of the Whims? Or Whims of the Sultan. Whims of the yeah, Sultan. Those are the, thie- the thieves or whatever. Oh, you played with the thieves. That's like a little mini expansion. I don't okay. think he has the Whims of the Sultan. Okay, I don't think I have that one then. Okay, so I played with the first expansion and then that little mini one with the thieves. And I'd forgotten how much I love this game. A really fun game. If you play it quickly. Right. If if you're right, not spending right. a ton of time sitting there and mapping out, you know, the 30 best moves that you can make or something, you just kind of grab and go. It's a pretty fun little game. Yeah, and I but I think you need to get the whims of the Sultan if you're going to play a lot at two players because it makes a big difference. I think the way that those other tiles can be worth more points, so that then you want to bid higher in the auction to try to lock those down sometimes mm. if you can. So it makes that auction a little bit more important at two players sometimes. How did you think uh, the uh, Thieves played at two? Because I own that, uh, but I have not played with it yet because I thought maybe not at two. At two, it was worth it. Was, we never bought a single one of them because okay. it was one of those things where, yeah, you really are attacking all players. Right. And with that, it just was never worth it to buy one of the Thieves. So that, you know, more players, it might have been better. But yeah, it wasn't wasn't good in a two player game. I don't know. I don't know if I would think I would play it enough to buy another expansion for it. I think it's kind of. I mean, I enjoyed it, and I remembered why I liked it, but I still don't see it hitting the table a bunch for me. I can understand that. I like it. I honestly, and Richie's played it more than I have, but I like it better. I like that second expansion better personally. Huh? Yeah, yeah I might I have to give that. it a shot. Uh, do you have it? Yes, I do. Huh? I'd be happy to play that. Yeah, sometime. we'll we'll have to give that a shot. I, I did enjoy that. All right. Well, you guys ready for a little? Kickstarter corner. <laughs> I am with whoever that <laughs> just Kickstarter was. Kickstarter corner. Just up here. <laughs> hey, this is the old uh, Cliffer here with the Kickstarter corner. Ooh, a, a new person has also arrived. <laughs> I, I, don't know. I, I don't even know who What's it is. Going on. As Clef likes to remind me, he did get some sort of drama award in high school. So I was best actor in my high school my <laughs> senior year. Okay. I had a little award. It was like a little uh, Oscar guy, you know. But yep. I'm what sure. high school did you go to? So, I don't want to say. Well, let, let me tell you. Let me tell you. I'm going to give you a little insight. People will appreciate this. When I lived in New York, I did some acting a long, long time ago. And at the place that I worked at, the theater used to give out Golden Shoehorn Awards. And this was a great little adaptation of Twelfth Night. And my player was Irish. And so I went to the bar every night and I studied like <laughs> mad with the Irish bartender. I probably had too much whiskey mostly. <laughs> But I, I tried to get that Irish accent down. But these Golden Shoehorn Awards, right, they're not really awards you want to get. Oh, they're kind of like the... Uh, like a you, Razzie or something, Razzie, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. I got a Golden Shoehorn Award. It for, was for, for best Russian accent. So. <laughs> and you were trying to do an Irish one. That's yeah. awesome. So, moral of the story, too much whiskey. <laughs> Let's go to Cliff's Kickstarter Kona. Okay, so here we go. We got a great Kickstarter corner for you today. We are going to be talking about the new game from Capstone, Pipeline. 
this is going to be for my first time designer, Ryan Courtney. Uh, the art is going to be done by... Uh, Ian O'Toole! Sorry. <sighs> Chad, Chad, Chad. <laughs> yes, as he said, Ian O'Toole. Boy, biggest fanboy of them all right over here for, for Ian O'Toole. I have my Ian O'Toole Tiger Beat magazines <laughs> under my mattress. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's keep moving on. I don't even want to. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Uh, yeah, so anyways, um, it's, it's the first time Capstone, this is like their first in-house development of a game that they're going to be doing uh their other games were kind of uh, imports or whatever yeah and i'm really really we're all really excited about this game so let me tell you a little bit about it uh basically it is a game about turning your crude oil into higher grades you know we've got low grade the medium grade and the high grade and what what the kind of the crux of the game is is you have a pipeline network that you are creating of your own on your own board to refine the oil to refine the oil yeah and what some people will really like about this game is it's it's a tile laying game uh it really uh, kind of a almost like i would say a puzzle because you are taking these different tiles that all have different colors and kind of uh, des- uh shapes of the of the pipes and you're trying to put it together so you're trying to make the, the longest kind of links or whatever Almost like an, you know, I'm not Age of Steam, but like how you do in Age of Steam where you make different links to go through, you know, different places and it makes you have more points. Same thing on this kind of thought process. It is sort of pick up and deliver in that way because you are delivering the oil along those segments of pipeline. And the further you can deliver it along the pipeline, the more refined it gets to the higher grades of oil. So, yeah, in, in that way, you could kind of think of it like a pick up and deliver making routes sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you're, you're refining the oil. And then you have different ways to then sell the oil to make money. You have either you can go to the refined markets to sell it to make money, or you can get contracts that you get to fulfill to make money. And then there's also orders that you can do. And really the difference between contracts and orders are contracts you have to go and use an action to get, but then you can fill them kind of at your own leisure where the orders, uh, it's a free action, but you have to do it all at the same time. And don't forget about the upgrades. Those are great too, because you're trying to get upgrades at the same time and not get locked out of those because you can get locked out of certain upgrades per round. So that kind of gets tight too, where you can do special things like use a machine to run your pipelines or... Yeah, exactly. Oh, and don't forget about the loans. Richie, what did you want to talk about the loans? Uh, try to avoid the loans if possible because the more loans you take one you can't pay them back and they just increase in value i think the top one is like you can take 10 loans and you lose like 640 dollars at the end of the game something yeah yeah Yeah. i I think that puts you probably in the negative i I can't imagine that being a because you can only take one loan per action so it's not like you can even double up on them but the first one's not bad you take it for 15 bucks you only lose 20 at the end of the game and then it goes to 50 and then 90. 90 I mean, it just keeps yeah multiplying. And yeah, those penalty cubes can really hurt you. So basically, if, if you guys out there like tight games, this is for you because this game is super tight, right? I mean, you really, you're scrounging for money. So you really want to take those loans, but then you don't. And you're just sitting there so many turns going, okay, how do I, how do I get money? How can I get this pipeline how can i buy more pipe how can i you know upgrade my my right. my machinery right right and and it's never like you don't it's very rare that you ever feel like oh ooh, i had a really like amazing turn where i did this this and this and this because it's so tight and it's so hard 
to kind of get that engine building, but it's so satisfying when you actually do kind of get that nice engine going and, and kind of working on it. It ramps up quick, and towards the end of the game, you know, you, you'll start taking those bigger turns, and you need it because in the first round, you have eight turns for that year. Then in the second year, you have six turns, and then in the last year, you only have four turns. So you really have to make the best out of it. So you have to, there's a lot of planning that goes into it, but it's a, it's a good, crunchy, thinky game. Right. Yeah, so this is really tight in the best of ways for us. Yeah. We, we love it. This is, you know, talking about a wheelhouse for me. This, I really enjoy this because you have that really Euro y tightness. It's all, there's no luck. You know, it's what you see, everything that you get out there. You're always, you get to see the, uh, there, well, there's 10 actions, and, you know, four of them are basically going to get oil. Uh, Four of them are either to buy new tanks, which is where you store your oil, and then you can get machines, which machines can really help you run your oil production. And then there's the upgrade action. And then it's really getting government tiles, which is the pipe, and then it's running your own tiles. So there's not very many actions. You know, and I I hope that, that Ryan would take a compliment from this. I felt very much kind of like of a Lacerda game. Um, yeah. Would you agree with that? Definitely. Yeah, see, and it's really funny to me because I, I was I was thinking at first, well, maybe I'm being influenced by Ian O'Toole's art because it's all there. We've got a prototype, but it's a really nice pre-production copy, basically. And so it, it looks really beautiful. I can anticipate what, what the final game is going to look like. It's almost there. And so it's... It, I, I thought maybe I was being influenced by that, but no, it, it, the tightness is there, the interconnectedness. Maybe they're not quite as many mechanisms as sometimes Lacerda has in a game, but that that doesn't matter here. There's still plenty to think about, and you are just really chewing over each decision. Yeah, I mean, basically, turn two, you start looking at those loans, even though you shouldn't, and <laughs> you should definitely avoid them. Yeah, it's a great game, super tight. It's definitely a game that I'm going to back uh, day one. If this sounds interesting to you, listeners you should jump onto that Kickstarter page on November 6th when it drops and really check it out if you like the games that we like. We're going to have a video up on the Kickstarter page there when it drops so that you can kind of check out an overview from us and our deeper thoughts on the game. That's all from Clef's Kickstarter Corner. Let's move into our featured review of Lowlands. Two to four player game that lasts approximately 50 to 100 minutes. It is designed by C and R Partenheimer, and it has contributions, or at least was looked at and kind of given the stamp of approval by a gentleman, uh, maybe you know, of Uwe Rosenberg. I think he goes by Ode, right? I believe so. <laughs> I believe that's what we figured out last episode. Uh, All right. Uh, anyways, in Lowlands, players are looking to score the most victory points. They're going to do this by breeding sheep, building buildings, and helping the town build the dike. Each player has three farmers that they will use to take one of the five different actions. Now, each farmer has two to four action points that they will be able to use to take these actions. Each player has their own personal farm board where they will build fences, store sheep, and build either buildings or feature buildings that will score victory points or give special abilities. On the main board, players will be helping the town build the dike to stop the flood coming in. 
While doing this during the game, there will be three times where they'll check to see if the dike has either held or if it has flooded. And then whoever has basically helped the game helped build the dike the most will be rewarded with either coins if it held or the other players will get basically storm surge tokens that will have an opportunity to hurt them at the end of the game. The game is divided into three rounds with each round having two worker phases and two upkeeps before the checking of the dike. At the end of the three rounds, there will be the storm surge, which is basically kind of the end of the game where you will find out once again, if the dike held or if it floods and then players will add up their victory points and the player with the most victory points is the winner. So let's talk about this one, guys. Uh, first of all, we always start off with artwork. Richie, what's your feelings on the artwork in this one? It looks like an old game for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's the the components are nice, uh, kind of standard Euro fare. But I mean, there's really not that much artwork in the game outside of the cover. Then you just have the your player board that has the pasture, and that's really about it. And that's not terribly impressive. So it's mediocre. It's a mediocre. Okay, yeah. Chad, what, what is your thoughts on the artwork? I'd echo that. I'd just say the board and 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 the components. Now, it's nice. The dike is made up of these kind of thick pieces of wood, and that's kind of interesting. But overall, the, the component quality is average. I'd say the artwork is, it's not my style, but it's just, it's kind of this smeary, watercolory art which maybe right. that's thematic right maybe the dike has kind of overcome the artwork and made it all kind of watery and smeary i don't know but that again just pretty much average to maybe a little bit below average i'm not even sure i remember what artwork there is yeah it's, I mean, it's just kind of forgettable um i don't know if you guys do you even realize that the player boards there is one side that's like the sunny board and then there if you flip it over the other side has like like rain almost it's almost like you're doing it in rain. <laughs> I didn't Did you notice guys... that, and I own it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other day when I was teaching uh, my uh, wife and my son, they were like, oh, what's the other side? I was like, oh, I didn't even notice there was another side. <laughs> and then I realized all it was, was was rain. That's, I mean, that's if you want to call it that. So artwork, forgettable, but the graphic design well done. I mean, I think they did a good enough job where you understand what, where you're building and how you're building. There's no anything that really throws you off because you do need to know, like on your own player board, where the trees are, where the bushes are, and where the lakes are because there's certain buildings that that, that matters to. And it's not like you have any problems understanding what those those components are, that, that graphic design is. Right, yeah. It does make it easy to play, which, you know, speaking of that, what do you think of the gameplay, Jen? Um, the interesting mechanism in this game is the building of the dike, right? So that's what this does dif differently. Uwe Rosenberg, her ode, as you keep calling him, <laughs> is, is, has his stamp on the rest of it. You're, you're going to make buildings by using resources that you've created and you're, you're, you're going to make those into points, basically. It's buildings for points and you're moving along a track and it's the dike that makes it interesting. So you have to build the dike and then you have to ask at least one other player, do you want to build the dike with me? And if that player does, then you get an extra bonus point along the track. And then that player gets some, some points as well. 
And it's that push and pull mechanism that is kind of interesting there that adds to the the difference in a regular Rosenberg game. There's a little bit of extra interactivity, which is interesting because otherwise there's not any because you've got players, you're placing pawns on your own player board. It is not like most Uva Rosenberg where you're worker placing on a central board. Everybody's got their own board, so there's not much reason to interact otherwise. I agree. The, the dike is the most interesting part of the game. When I when I talk about this game, I think there's some really neat things that are going. I like the action points very much, like in Tricarion, where I like that mechanism of you have those action points and you can only do so much with them. It has a very, I mean, much less of a degree than Tricarion, but it has those action points where, okay, do I want to use my two on this one, or do I want to, you know, because if I use my four here, then I'm not going to be able to use my four to go get a better building or something like that. I like that mechanism. It's it's solid. But the difference, and this is maybe what we'll get into later or I'll talk about later, but the difference is with that Tricarion, you're placing on a central board. So not only are you managing which workers with which action points you're using, you're also placing on a central board and trying to vie for those spots, which creates a little bit of added tension, which this didn't have. Right. And that's what kind of that was disappointing to me in this game is that you are never blocked from doing something it, at most. It's going to cost you a coin. If you want to use the same action, or I mean, I guess it will cost you two coins. If you want to use the same action all three times for that turn. And the, the dike is interesting, but Clef, did you ever have a game where the dike held up? No. And neither have I. Yep. I played it five times and not most of the time. It's not even close. Right. Yeah, usually it's going to be off because whoever is putting the most work into the dike eventually wants that to fail. It's interesting, but I think at the same time, it, it becomes scripted. You're Someone's going to run off with the dike points. And then, obviously, they can't just allow that to hold because then all of a sudden their dike points are worth nothing. Right. So they need to have it fail a couple of times. Right, which in the game, I mean, as gamers, when you hear in this game you're trying to build a dike to stop the flood... Your natural reaction is, is you want to kind of try to help build the dike. You know, I mean, that's you want to kind of try to do that in a way. Right. And yet, even with that feeling and everybody I've played it with, it's never come close to being I mean, okay, close. I mean, there's been a couple of games where I've, I've been close to, to holding the dike. But like you said, whoever's in the lead doesn't care anymore because they'd rather it. It failed. Now that one game that we played with Josh, where <laughs> well, <laughs> we had to talk him out of uh, holding or making the dike hold because he would have lost the game, and we—I mean, which would have been good for us. Yeah. But we kept telling him, "It's like, no, this is not a cooperative game. And you, <laughs> <laughs> you will lose if you make that dike hold," which he was trying to do. He was—he was being more thematic than me. He's like, well, "I don't—I don't want that to happen. Yeah, yeah. I want to save these people." You know, <laughs> in a game where it should be almost fifty-fifty, whether the dike is holds or it doesn't hold it, it just doesn't come through uh, it doesn't hold up it doesn't hold up <laughs> i was i was discussing this with a couple of people as i was playing the other night and they even made the suggestion one of the things when when you have these flood cards there are 12 flood cards and nine of them are going to come out and there's a different scale and there's a couple of ones and then there's a bunch in the middle between you know two and five or four and then there's a couple fives and a six these are the cards that determine how, how much, much it's going to flood each right, turn right exactly they even made this say you know if maybe there was even a few more cards maybe you know or maybe there's still 12 but instead of having all 
like ones and like have a couple of zeros maybe, or at least a zero. So there's still that feeling of, oh, well, if that one's a zero, I'm still going to be safe, you know, type of thing, as opposed to, oh, there's no way it's going to at least be a one, or you can always see the back of it. It always says one to three or four to six. So if you know the last one is a four to six, you almost, okay, it doesn't even matter if it's a four, I still, the dike still floods. And I think, unfortunately, I think that's kind of a flaw in the game. I, I just think that, if you're going to have a mechanism that's kind of cool like that, it should have an opportunity to to be saved a little bit easier than I mean, you'd almost have to have everybody working on the dike the entire game and then it's then it's pointless because everybody's at the same spot. Yeah, the, it really loses the tension there. And mm-hmm. then, you know, not having a central board, not having to fight over actions, you know, you just don't have any tension there either. Right. The, the only tension is if there's a building you want, do you get to that building sooner? And that can be good. I mean, there yeah. there were certain times during my plays that, you know, there are end game scoring ones that come out and you're working towards whether you can get that and get that. And, and you're just watching and hoping that you're going to get to it before the other person. So that 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 there's some of that delicious tension there. But was, was it almost too easy? There's only three resources in the game. And you can even use two of the resources to make a wild resource, basically, which, I mean, is not a very good uh, card efficiency, but still it could be done in a pinch. There was never a point that I was like, oh, my God, I don't have any of this material or, you know, I'm worried about this. It was almost too easy in a way, though, for the for the materials. Did you feel that way? Uh, I felt like there was, there just wasn't the tension there. And again, we'll, we'll get to it in my final rating, but I... I don't know if that was one of the things or if it just there were certain things that weren't as tense as I wanted them to be. Richie? You have the the one action at the start of the game you have those little laborers that increase uh, the the actions that you can take on your board. And so I mean you can take a action where you take five resource. Right. You can get basically everything you need. Everything to build you something. need. Yeah. And then any leftover action points that you have after you take an action, you get a resource card yeah. for each action point. So, yeah, I mean, it's... Plus on the upkeep, you get action cards, you, get, you get cards. Yeah, that's true. You, you get them so, I mean, yeah, they run out fast when you buy other stuff or if you go help build, you know, the dike or the fences. So, do you guys feel like that there was a... I mean, do you feel like the sheep strategy and then just trying to keep up just enough with the dike was, like, the best strategy to win? Yeah, I think that's your best bet, is to try to get as many sheep as you can and then be, like, in second place on the dike or first. And again, I I mean, that seems like in my plays what, what was what was happening, but I haven't had as many as, as you have. I know you had five. I had three. Richie, you had... I, I was at around five as okay. well. Yeah. Now, player count-wise, this is definitely... At least I felt when I played the four-player game and I've played a couple of three-player games, they were significantly better than the two-player game. Two-player game felt flat. I mean, Chad, when me and you played that, it was just flat. Right. The two-player game in the option, you have to you have to ask to build the dike. So if you don't ask the other player, you can ask the town. And then you flip a random resource card to see if the town uses the same resource that they're supposed to use basically to help help build. And so there's just it's just very limp. <laughs> it's sort of <laughs> it's it's very flaccid gameplay in my opinion as far as that goes because it just feels like there's not nearly as much push and pull. And the other thing is and we'll get to this in a second because of the variability 
that will come up on. The other thing is that when you play with two, there are hardly any buildings coming out because you're trying to pick and choose with your strategy and you're not going through the building They're stack very much. They're not cycling very, very yeah. fast. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Why well, I agree, yes. Four, I think, is ideal. Four or three. Sure. It also kind of drags at those higher player counts because of... And now, obviously, it's going to get better as you, when you, you play with people who are more familiar with it. But at the beginning of the game, you flip out all the buildings... And everyone's going to stare and read all the buildings and see exactly what all the buildings do. Yeah, yeah. And then every time someone builds something, a new building comes out. And that's another thing that someone has to look at to figure out. Right. I would I definitely suggest, and, and Richie did a great job of made a nice printout that had all the buildings on it so that we could each read them. Each one of us was able to have that. I would make that suggestion because if you're going to wait and try to pass that book around to everybody, if you're playing a four-player game on each what each building does... Oh my goodness, you're going to be for there forever. It's going to take you a long time. Yep. So variability. Does it have any, Chad? <laughs> I think there are a lot of the buildings that they have in there, and you're not going to see all of them every time. But again, you won't see a lot of them in a two-player game. And that's pretty much it. There's the variety in the in the buildings that come out, which again, you, you don't get to see all of them. And then the variety is between the players, you know? And if, as we just talked about, there seems to be now again i've only had three plays you guys have only had five if if somebody else is an expert and has played 20 games of this maybe they know that sheep and being in second place is not the is not the proven strategy but that's just what we've seen with that many plays if there is that then maybe the variability is a little bit low yeah and the i mean the storm surge buildings which are the kind of end game points there's there's not that many of them. No six. That's all six. there is. Six okay. Of them. Yep. So in a in a four player game, you're going to see all but one come out, mm-hmm. and those really shape your strategy. If you are working towards one, I mean that's going. You're going to be looking for like if you're going towards the bank, which is going to give you a bunch of coins. You're, all the buildings that come out, you're going to be looking for ones that will give you coins or allow you to save coins throughout the entire game. Right. I think the variability sucks. It's just not good. I've played it five times, and I mean now I've seen every building. And I don't, I don't think it really makes it, you really honestly, like you just said, I think either coins or sheep are the, really the two ways that you go. And the, the buildings aren't all that different. I mean, half the buildings just house more sheep. That's all they do. It's not like they're even all that different. So yeah, I, I just don't feel like there's a lot of variability. And then hence, I mean, I mean, I've got five plays of it in, I'm done. You know, it's I'm not playing it again, so I mean I just don't feel like the replayability is there either. So that brings us probably to our rating. So Clef, why don't you start? What are you gonna give this this game? Well, first thing I'll say is it's not as bad as a certain other reviewer said this game was the worst game he'd ever played. Uh that's probably root. But <laughs> <laughs> I kid. It's it was worth the plays I had of it. You know, the, it wasn't terrible. Okay. I, I'm going to give it a two. I'm not going to say that I like it and I'm not going to play it again, but I could see some other people, especially people who do like a simpler U, uh, UA game. I could see them liking this game. It's, it's just kind of a simpler type of thing. But I think the mechanism of the dike is, is just not right. I just don't think it works. And. I just I'm I'm gonna give it a two. I, I wish I I thought I liked it a little bit better the first time I played it, but it, subsequent plays just made it worse and worse. I don't know, Richie. What do you think? I'm gonna echo a lot of what you just said, and I mean we keep talking about this being an Uwe game, and it's not an Uwe game. No, 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 it's <laughs> not an Uwe game that 
came out last year that kind of makes this game obsolete for me is New Spirit. It has the tension that we are talking about that this is missing with the uh, limited action spaces on the central board that we're all going after. You have the stock that you want to get. And it plays fast, uh, even though it has a lot of buildings that come out. It's really quick to read them because they just have the text on there. And, I mean, the dike, like we said, it the first time you play it, it's interesting. But the more you play it, and I think from the other reviews that I've seen, this it seems like this is the kind of common thread, is that dike is going to fail. So you are going to either jump ahead at the beginning in dike points and then let it fail, or you are going to be building up sheep and then try to get ahead with dike points towards the end. And so it just kind of feels scripted, and I, I, I just don't know if there's really any any reason for me to continue to play it. So for me, it, it is also a two. Okay, Chad. I, I really fall on the edge here. If somebody said to me, do you want to play it again? I I, I think I'd play it again. Uh, but again, there are many other Uwe Rosenberg games that I'd rather play, that I'd rather have get to the table, like you were talking about. The Nusfjord's great. And I, I was ultimately really disappointed because I thought, this dyke idea is a really cool idea. I love the idea of making each other, you know, kind of push and pull back and forth and and mess with each other, but ultimately doesn't quite work and, and loses tension along the way. And again, I'm not sure if having a central player board to place actions on would have added to that a little bit because then you could mess with each other right and so the person that wanted to maybe build that dike and shoot ahead couldn't if you got out in front of them or you know different different things that maybe you could do on a central board to kind of take actions away and mess people up along the way so that there wouldn't be that that simple strategy i chad you hit something on the head right there i just thought if if it would have been oh, I've got to go build the dike or build my fences or something, and it was a fight, or at least I had to pay some money or something to get up there, that might have made it much better. Right. I'm not a game designer, but I just feel like if it were developed more, maybe that would help the interactivity and the tension that really really need to be there. Do you play one on TV? Yes. No, I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. (laughs) Um, So my rating is going to be... Ultimately, it's going to be a high two. I mean, I can't say that I wouldn't play it again, but if I said, if I said, now Chad, when we come back to this in a year, did you play Lowlands? I would say what? Which what was that? What's Lowlands? (laughs) So I, I ultimately, I, I have to give this game a two, and say, wow, there was promise there. So I hope that uh, the Partenheimers, you know do some other designs I'd, I'd, I'd be interested in seeing them because it's a great idea that just didn't quite make it yeah it's got the makings of some really cool things and it i wish they would have maybe i don't know had a little bit more play testing with it or maybe tried to make it a little bit more of a tense game and maybe that's not what they were looking to do and by all means i'm never gonna argue with somebody else's design but for us yeah that's right and i mean i'm, I'm shocked that a game where i can drown other people's sheep i'm i'm giving it a two but it's a two. <laughs> Richie would have liked it better if we like if it came with the screams of the sheep. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> How'd I kill somebody else's sheep? Um, and I'll tell you another thing that I just found very odd as I've been playing it. You know, with the three and the four players, at the beginning of the game, everybody starts off with four dollars, and then second place gets an extra dollar, third place gets an extra dollar, and fourth place gets you know gets two extra dollars and three extra dollars. Why? There's not like you're going after certain spots that you're taking away from somebody and money is almost not even 
used hardly ever. The only way I can think that that's a thing is because if you you do create a certain amount of tension, we talked about zooming out in front with the dike building. And so sometimes to be the first person to do that can kind of be an advantage. And since coins are points, that's the only thing I can think of maybe. No. Maybe. I have, uh, I, yeah, I have no clue. No. <laughs> Newton, people should get extra dollars for later <laughs> in the turns. This game, no. It makes no sense. You don't need it. Anyways, all right. Are we done with this one? Yeah, so that is Lowlands, our low light for this week. <laughs> and uh, we all gave it twos. So we're moving on from there. It's October, and I read somewhere the other day, somebody was just saying, what is a good game to play for Halloween? So I thought maybe we'd spend a few minutes and talk about what we think would be a really fun game for, and I'm going to I'm gonna go a little bit out of my comfort zone here and talk about maybe some themes. <laughs> what do you think? What is a good game to play for a nice eerie creepy halloween night richie i I, i'm gonna let you go first on this because i can see that you are are the the theme guy (laughs) am i the theme guy for this Um, (laughs) we have a monthly game night with a couple uh, Kristen and stefan and usually around halloween we'll do something a little more thematic and one of our favorite games that we play is city of horror you have this game, don't you? Oh, I do. I've, I've not played it, but I, I do own it. Oh, you haven't played it? <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, this October. Okay. There we go. We should break that out. Now I'm really itching to break <laughs> that out. And maybe we could, like, you know, like have some pumpkins with some candlelight in them, and then, you know, we can turn down the lights and play some spooky music. We could have a pumpkin spice latte. Ooh. <laughs> now, we may have another Tammany Hall moment, because in City of Horror, basically, there's a zombie invasion. And then you are moving around to these different locations with your survivors. Everyone gets like three survivors. Depends on how many players are playing. Then you have to negotiate at each location on who's going to get thrown out to the zombies. Oh, so Richie gets to kill other players in this game. No wonder he likes it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You can play and you, there's cards that you can play where you and because everyone gets a vote. There's cards that you can play where you can um, basically like hide in the corner. And then so you're not out for the uh, vote. There's You can. There's one card where you like you put a gun to a person's head and you make them vote a particular way, <laughs> oh, right God. up your alley, Clef. Oh my goodness! I'm right. Hey, I'm ready to give this a try for a fun Halloween themed night. I like All right, that so idea. that what was that was called? City of, City Horror? of Horror. City of Horror. Chad, what do you got for Halloween? When I think of Halloween and the theme and stuff like that, I think of spooky music too. And so I think that's all provided for you with. Mansions of Madness, because with that second edition with the app, you've got spooky music while you're running the app and you've got, you know, and you're kind of fighting these things. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you that I do really I don't like Cthulhu games. I just don't. This does the theme, though, really well, depending on which module we're playing with. This gives you a little bit of problem solving, which I like in those kind of co-op games. Now, there is dice rolling for certain stuff, which isn't my favorite. But I think overall, like, you, you want to talk about a spooky game. This this one does it really well, and it's a lot because of the app integration. Yeah, no, that sounds cool. Uh, I I still say I want to try this. Richie keeps telling me no, but I it's one of those things I just want to try. And, okay, if I hate it, I hate it, but I want to give it a shot. Uh, all right. I mean, if you hate it, the dice rolling in root. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. I mean, you got to pick this shortest scenario 
right. that you got to pick the shortest scenario possible because you're going to have half the time with him sulking, and that's not going to be fun. <laughs> we'll so. get it. We'll, I'll set it up right for you because we'll 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 bring in our our large TV and put it at the end of the table. There you go. We hook okay. up our uh, okay. laptop to that and we run it off of there. Okay, so we we set up a day here in October. We're going to play a little City of Horror. We're going to do a little Mansions of Madness, and then. This I really feel like this is a very good game that is just it brings the Halloween spirit out. It has just some nice spookiness to it, and it's a, it's a game called uh, Brass. I knew you were going to um, say that. I, I, was, <laughs> I was trying to think what is a medium I weight. I Halloween Look, the whole board is kind of spooky yeah, looking, it's, it's and no, you know you're having to be. Just, I've stopped paying attention. Uh, <laughs> So, well, you're trying to say we can't play brass on this fun Halloween night? <laughs> Richie, Richie, can we play I'm brass? Gonna, I'm not going to turn down a play. Okay, there <laughs> we go. <laughs> I like brass. Is there a medium weight Halloween themed Euro? Oh my gosh. I don't know. Oh, That's medium a- to medium heavy. <laughs> um, I don't know. I can't think of one that, you know, I mean, when you're talking Euro. Y- Euro really. the Dragon is kind of mean and harsh, but I don't really know what to call it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I could just this, see that. That's why Brass was my best go pick. To, go to a costume party. Uh, Clef, what are you? I'm the Dragon from Year of the Dragon. <laughs> okay, great. Thanks so much for that. Uh, well, hopefully at least a couple of those suggestions were good for you guys. So maybe what a fun, play a fun Halloween night. All right, everybody. Well, that is going to do it for episode 17. Thanks a lot for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening.